0: Jen, I gotta be honest with you. I'm—I've never known less of where a conversation is gonna go than I do right now, and I am fantastically excited about it. I don't think you're—I don't think fun. you're as excited though.
1: No, I am. I am. This is—I've um, never. So I've been offered the opportunity to do a podcast before, and never really done one. Uh, so this is my first.
0: How did, I, how, how did I get the exclusive I feel like this is a big deal we should be talking about this what's going on
1: <laughs> well um you were very diligent in you know in locking it down and I was curious as to where it m- might go and I talked to several of my former colleagues and mentors and friends and they said you should do it so here we are.
0: Well, wow, I'm going to be uh, honest with you, you spent way too much time thinking about that because it is not that big of a deal, but I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> well, um, as I had said in a uh, LinkedIn conversation, uh, I have listened to several of your podcasts and I think they're really great <laughs> and they're really fun. And it's not easy to turn you know, subjects that may not be as fascinating or exciting into things that are just really entertaining. And so I I really did appreciate that.
0: Well, I appreciate it as well. And I I think that was the first thing I said to you. I said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, Jim, but why are you listening to an insurance podcast? Because everything that I could tell publicly from you would make that to be a very strange statement to be making for yourself. And I was just curious how that happened. And that's part of why we're talking today.
1: So um, I have been in the technology industry for, uh, as much as I, I cringe to say it, two decades. I have had the distinct pleasure and opportunity to work with some really well-known insurance companies, um, both from a um, from a property and casualty perspective and healthcare payers. And so, in in continuing to be well-rounded and understanding where my customers are coming from, I do as much research as possible, regardless of whether we're currently. Uh, engaged, or whether I'm I'm pursuing them to be engaged, um, and so that's that's sort of how how it came about.
0: Yeah. So, how how do you see the state of technology as it relates to insurance? Like, what is your role in it, and and just what are some of the things that you know is, is kind of constantly at the forefront of your mind?
1: So I've had a variety of. Um, different opportunities that have been um, anywhere from application development sun up sundown to virtual desktop infrastructure which I think is really fascinating um, and and the business case and the reason behind insurance companies pursuing something like a, a virtual desktop infrastructure to you know something as dry as Perhaps the database, or you know how data is most effectively used. So, I guess there's a variety of things that I I do within uh, technology to support and accelerate my customers' business uh, needs and solve those those problems. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, listen, I don't know if you've heard, Jen, but we're pretty riled up about the data right now, so that's perfect. This is something we're ready to light on fire, and it's a hot topic, so it's not boring to us at all.
1: Well, and what's so fascinating about that is this is found a new topic, and it's going to continue to be a hot topic. We see a lot of buzzwords around it. I mean, you all see a lot of buzzwords around it, but what you do with the data and how you apply technology is, is a big deal. Um, and I think it's going to continue, it's it's sort of a living object and it's going to continue to be, uh, something that, that organizations and insurance organizations in particular are dealing with for 20 years beyond this conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, so where, I mean, where do you sit on it? I mean, because that's the big argument, you know who who owns it, where does it go, how can we make it easier? All of those things. It's it's something that you know we find. I guess you know, th- like you said, this isn't necessarily new, and it's going to continue to be a a, a a hot topic. But it feels like it shouldn't be this hard. I don't know. That's just me.
1: So I, I uh, uh I I have a lot of thoughts around that, and in particular, I think that we make it far more difficult than it needs to be. And there are a variety of reasons that it's far more difficult. I mean, obviously, concerns around data protection and what information is utilized and how that information is utilized, whether it's you know, whether it's cloud-based or whether it's on-premise or whether it's mined for specific things, is a concern. but I think that a lot of political and internal organi- organizational issues sort of impact why it's so difficult. <laughs> Does that make sense?
0: Right, what you just said, it's its we're—it's a human error versus maybe it isn't a, da- a data capability error.
1: Correct. And I think that the capabilities don't get built out as a result of the human errors, which is unfortunate. And that's really where my <clears throat> experience, I mean, and and that's just what my customers have Vocalized, But that's really where my experience comes into play is because if you can, regardless of of how many organizations within technology think that they have uh, individuals that interface with the business to truly understand the business problem, often that's really where it falls apart. And so, you know, my background in organizational behavior and business coupled with, you know, a master's in information systems, nobody wants to see my code. It's a disaster. Sometimes it compiles. Sometimes it doesn't. But that's really what I bring as the you know the the special uh, attention to uh, working with insurance companies and healthcare providers and payers.
0: Well, you know, like you said like it's 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 the lack of imagination. I always like to say, right? If you said if you told most insurance agents, say hey, you can do anything if you want with this with this data. Their choice would be nothing, and I mean that's that's strong words, but we're still kind to struggling the point of, of being able to have access to the data that we think is important, right? And and it's just uh, is there is there some sort of world council that we're not privy to, Jen? That like maybe we should know about? Like, there's some sort of like UN or, or Switzerland type place that settles these disputes for industries.
1: But I I think it's even more rudimentary than that, right? So you know that there's not, but. If you think about it in terms of, so, you know, technology is being moved around in a lot of different places. So you've got, you know, the impact of clouds. You've got the impact of, you know, what we call shadow IT. You've got business needs, right, to utilize the data and to be able to increase revenues and performance. And then you've got the technology side, which usually doesn't clearly understand what the business really needs and the business can't verbalize effectively what they're looking for because sometimes they just don't know and so you've got that rudimentary divide that in my opinion is the key root and cause of most of the challenges that we see within data
0: i think what you just described is like us forming a whole new like business venture like maybe industry around just going in and being a technology uh business purpose translator
1: yeah but what does that do that makes the technologists very anxious because they're seeing their business erode and unfortunately in some ways because they're not we're not as focused on delivering the results that are required now that may be short-sighted on my part but That's what I see happening over and over and over and over again.
0: Uh, Do you have any short-sighted examples?
1: You know, I I can give you a few examples. I can give you those examples at a fairly high level, but would you like them for insurance companies, or would you like them for health care payers?
0: I won't be picky, Jen. I mean, I won't be picky. We've got, I mean, we're on your schedule here, so you let me know, Jen. The world's your oyster.
1: Okay. So I'm going to give you a variety of examples. Um, one example is um, a healthcare payer, a very large blue, that you know really struggled to be able to reduce their overall costs uh, as related to their call center. So you know they had you know aging patients who were calling the call center on a regular basis to have conversations around. In some cases, you know their claims documents but in some cases those conversations were more centered around personal needs for attention right and so go ahead no it's
0: just funny yes that's sad but true continue
1: yeah I mean you know that's the reality and so that's the business problem right so it may cost between six and eleven dollars to you know reduce to, to actually serve that call right but the technologists were having a very difficult time addressing their infrastructure to be able to solve some of those problems. And so the business got to the point where they were looking to outsource you know, the call and the infrastructure and the overall cost because their internal administrative cost to serve those calls was so high. You see see what I'm saying from a root problem perspective? Another example is, you know, a virtual desktop infrastructure example. Sometimes insurance companies go through an internal process to do research and development. That process, in this particular case, was an 18-month-long process to be able to evaluate a business problem and put the most appropriate technology in place. So the business problem was I can't get enough people to source my, um, my claims calls. I can't get enough, enough people within a 50-mile radius. And so what do I do to solve that? Well, I want to access resources that are outside of that 50-mile radius. Uh, how do I do that? Well, virtual dot, desktop infrastructure is a great way to do it. But instead of going to the business and understanding that 18 months was Way too long to be able to solve that problem. (laughs) IT just sort of charged at we're going to go through our process exactly as we have always gone through our process. The technology might be dated by the end of that 18 month process, but this is our process. And then, you know, unfortunately, continue to put in physical infrastructure that was saved. 50% of the physical infrastructure was saved for uh, disaster recovery that was never actually deployed on it. And so then they were, you know, three and a half years out, they had solved the virtual desktop infrastructure to a certain extent. The business didn't feel like it was, you know, completely solved, but um, they'd solved the ability to be able to deploy those, those desktops to, You know, moms who work at home, somebody who's looking for a part-time job who, you know, doesn't want to actually leave their, you know, their place of employment or their physical, you know, their house. But it wasn't delivering enough of what the business expected from a results perspective.
0: What's the way around it? Do you you see like, is there like a, I guess, a shortcut that we're not taking or we just...
1: True integration. True integration with Business 19 where... There's a real partnership, and that has to be created by individuals, human beings.
0: We can't, we can't write an app for that, Jen? <laughs> like a little, da- little dating business so. in IT app. What do you think? Swipe left, swipe right sort of thing? That might work. <laughs> I don't know. Well,
1: but here's the other thing. I don't think that people uh, in, in technology sales are doing enough to actually support their customers. Because what I believe, what I honestly believe, is that if the rep that was working with these customers, that was truly a partner, was leaning in more to have those conversations, and was bridging the gap between business and IT more effectively. And I think that that's honestly someone's job. I think in any any enterprise, implementation where you know it's a key business initiative Uh, part of that technology partner's job is to actually work with the customer both the business customer and the technology customer to drive those results more effectively and to be an additional bridge to make those relationships happen
0: i never thought i'd have the opportunity to to bring in i was watching an episode really just my first and only episode of of, uh, jada pickett smith's red table talks i don't know if you're a fan jen um, but they had a, a relationship guy, Jay Shetty on, and he's like, you know, uh, one of the things is, uh, you know, it's, it's always, we, one thing we always remember is it's an us versus the problem. It's not, you know, it's like us versus each other. Cause if we, if one of us loses and one of us wins, then we still actually both lose in some way. So it's like, we need to both have a win collectively. And I feel like that's what we're talking about here is like, it's, it's not a business versus IT. It's IT and business versus the problem. Right.
1: I agree. And, you know, what What I also, and so I have not listened to any of that, and I will be sure to uh, check it out because it's fascinating. But I think we all have a responsibility to resolve it. And when, um, when technology partners or when um, technology organizations that, you know, say that you're their partner come in and create a situation that's a that's further adversarial, it actually just makes the problem worse. And so what I'm saying, I guess, is I'm not just pointing out the problem, but I'm also in a position where I think that I can effectively continue to help people to resolve it. And, and that's really um, my biggest interest is to, to helping sort of bridge that gap and, and work together and, you know, create that relationship
0: listen I'm thinking I, I kind of like the app and you just have the different IT guys up there and you get to pick which one who do I need to go to just keep going
1: just, <laughs> I think
0: there's something that... yeah the
1: only problem is the IT guys won't get on the app
0: <laughs> yeah that's true. And,
1: and again that's not a shot. It, it's more just uh, you know it, if you fundamentally understand the way that, that, that a lot of these folks do business it's it's a it's a complete separation right
0: yeah who's who's doing it good have you seen an instance where it's it's about as good as you've seen
1: who's doing um, the, the building of really, I think, I think, health, I think, yeah, I think, I think healthcare payments are actually better integrated, uh, unfortunately than property and casualty. That's um, right. I'm, I'm, um, a, I'm a health insurance guy, Jen.
0: Go ahead. I, I like being, this is, I don't get too many wins on, on on the health insurance side over here, so we can go ahead and keep it, golly it up.
1: But I think they do a much better job and I think they resolve the problems much more quickly because unfortunately sometimes, what happens is, and, and in fact, either it was in your blog, or it was in something that you've recently published about property and casualty not being all that uh, compelling and interesting, and you know, sort of dull and boring, right? That I think is a um, is a it's oh, so? not popular.
0: <laughs> well, no, I'm curious. no. I, so I, I, uh, you. see so I agree. I've always said it's you know uh, insurance is boring, but what it protects isn't sort of thing. That was kind of my always think. So right. It's, it's like yeah, I agree. I think we're saying the same thing.
1: But I mean, I think it could be far more compelling. I mean, if you look at organizations like like Nationwide, Nationwide really makes a significant effort to be a technology company first, and. I think sometimes we see, you know, traditional insurance companies sort of resting on the fact that we're kind of a financial institution and we're kind of an insurance company and we're kind of this and we're kind of that, and we're just going to go a lot slower than other industries. And I don't think that that's that's the best business decision that could be made.
0: Of making such kind of uh, stringent, linear definitions of who and what you are and what you may or may not do?
1: Yeah, so why not... Why not open something up? In a, and, and there are some insurance companies that are certainly looking at you know, how can we open up innovation? How can we, you know, get uh, either the app development segment to be able to serve the business faster? Or how can we, you know, change our organization in small ways to replicate in bigger ways later and be more effective and, and you know, sort of... Um, look at things differently and what what I worry about with that and not moving fast enough in those areas and sort of leaning back on well you know an insurance company we move slowly is if you look at you know the changes in retail and the changes in even infrastructure and baseline infrastructure technology infrastructure for example and how rapidly that is wiped out long-standing solid Brick and mortar traditional organizations. And I, I worry that you know, there's going to be a um, you know, just a significant shift at some point that nobody's gonna be prepared for. What's
0: the what's the one small thing that you just you, you think is kind of vital that could kind of change this perception of of, of of just kind of getting the ball rolling? Is there something that you've been kind of being a drum for that you think is, is like the secret weapon or the key?
1: Um I think more holistic partnerships with, um, with what a lot of folks like to call vendors and technology is part of the key. I think that not pushing decisions to folks that aren't like, I don't, I don't know that technologists can push all of the decisions around data uh, and and related. Um, data aspects to the business, because the business doesn't understand necessarily how they would transact or execute on some of their ideas. And so, you know, if, if we were going to come full circle here, it's, again, in that relationship piece, that that leaning in for everybody to actually lean in and be more of an organizational community to resolve and to ensure um, their best marketplace. And, and market position is really, really the key. I mean, I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again, where you know these internal political strife and one, you know, or 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 a group's selfish interests drive things and prevent organizations from being as successful as they could be.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, explosive word uh, when you. But it is the truth, and, so, and sometimes I would say a lot of people aren't aware of them, like fully maybe, I mean, they might be in some level, yeah. but you know, it's just, it's like in it's like kind of unconscious selfishness, if you will. Um, that's probably even harder to get around.
1: Well, we're all trying to get through the day, right? We, yeah. you know, we go to work to feed our families and to, you know, try and find, um, try and find a way to, to make an income. But I think that there has to be a little bit more to it. Then maybe that's short sighted on my part.
0: I don't know. I think I think we're looking a, a proper distance away, we're not tripping over anything, Jen. So my my I think my last question for you is the one thing I really want to know is if you could tomorrow we said we said vendor partnerships is kind of one of the small things, but if you could just kind of ha- be like the ruler of insurance technology integration connections for a day or maybe a week, you you get to define, I guess. What what's the thing you're doing like right away, immediately that you think is going to just have the biggest impact
1: So wait a minute. What do I get to be the ruler of again? Insurance
0: insurance, technology integrations, just the whole thing to make our lives better. Like the, the most impactful thing that you could do with um, like just nobody saying a word to you, what would it be?
1: If I could have a magic wand and brainwash folks that are delivering or that are, that are in need from a business perspective to understand that everybody has to try and figure out a way to move in the same direction for, for one goal. And that one goal wouldn't change for that whole day and, and forge those, those mindsets that you have to hit that one goal. Um, that would be my, my rule or desire.
0: Um, if somebody wants you to help them do that, if somebody wants to talk to you about any of those things, where's the best place for somebody to reach out to you? LinkedIn. It is. It's a magical place. So just find. Uh, you go by the full official Jennifer on LinkedIn as most of us pretend to be like sophisticated there. Um,
1: <laughs> I do, I do, but Jen is good. Just with one.
0: How, how do you pronounce your last name? I've avoided saying it the whole time.
1: Oh, no worries. No worries. It's, it's slate. Just like plate. You can ask.
0: Oh really? But there's yeah. a Z, and it just throws me off. So all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. and that AI has a tendency to throw you off
0: too. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll, I'll link up to LinkedIn for everybody. But um, all right, la- serious last question this time. Um, I thought that was good, but um, you know, the that brainwashing doesn't come easy. Um, if if you if you could if you could say the one thing that you are most excited about of the progress you have seen that has a chance to uh, have more momentum, create awareness around that, what is there something that we've, we're already kind of good at or, and we just can pile on a little bit more?
1: Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. So the way in which I've seen innovation created and spun up very, very quickly from a cloud perspective, I think is fascinating and amazing. I worry. Um, I had a senior vice president of a um, healthcare payer say to me once, we want to be aware of the unintended consequences. And I didn't understand what that meant until he sort of explained it. And what he meant was, look, we want, to, we want to do this and we want to move fast and we want to get to these goals, but we want to make sure that we're aware and conscious that there could be unintended consequences in you know engaging in whatever way we're engaging. And I think that applies to so many things. And what I worry about is that I've seen this huge shift in the last three years from uh, on-prem to cloud-based deployments. And what I worry about in that, so, that, so it's really great that we can utilize that infrastructure and that speed and, and the ability to sort of innovate quickly, you know, fast fail, develop, you know, spin out prototypes. What I worry about is that we're putting so much into the cloud and into off-prem resources that we're creating unintended consequences down the road for the ability, you know, you're locking into something else. You know, you may have been locked into physical infrastructure before. You may have been locked into a specific data center. I think that we also just need to be aware that there are unintended consequences in you know not diversifying that off-prem existence. And I think a little bit more shift in focus needs to be made to don't blow up all monolithic and move to the cloud just because you want to move off of monolithic, but You know, figure out a way, uh, and there are organizations that have done this beautifully and gracefully, but figure out a way to uh, diversify and utilize these
0: resources in ways that are impactful for your revenues and your end results.